Welcome to For the Love Podcast with best-selling author Jen Hatmaker. Come on in and join us for a chat with Jen and friends about all the things we love. Now, here's Jen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the For the Love Podcast. It's me, Jen Hatmaker. I'm glad to have you today. We're in a really fun series called For the Love of Fall and Holidays. Um, some of my tip-top favorite things. And so as we were thinking about who is, who loves fall as much as I do? Like, who's this bananas about football and tall boots and leaves on the ground as me? And it was like immediately clear that we had to have my good friend Melanie Shankle on. Um, if you already know Melanie, you already know that you're going to be like, totally delight, delighted during this interview. She's so funny and so fun. We've been friends for years and years and years. So Melanie, she's a New York Times bestselling author. So she's written um, Nobody's Cuter Than You, The Antelope in the Living Room, Sparkly Green Earrings. And she's got a brand new book that just came out called Church of the Small Things. I told her in the interview, I honestly think it's her best one. I, I absolutely love it. She's had the Big Mama blog for a decade maybe even 11 years at this point. And she's just built this amazing space for all this time where she is funny and she is tender. And you, if you don't already follow and love Melanie, you're definitely going to want to, um, after this, after you hear our, our hour long talk, um, she's, she speaks, she's all over the place, um, on her book tour this fall. And, um, she's, a fellow Texan, a super proud Texas A&M alum, um, self-professed target junkie. She's everything that we love. And um, she lives in San Antonio with her husband, Perry, and her, her teenage daughter, Caroline. And then she's got two dogs, Piper and Mabel, who you see all the time, pop up on her Instagram feed and everything. She is um, just one of my most fun friends. So we sort of talk about everything in this hour from... Um, football to parenting to deciding to make the good decision to drive our kids to school in the morning with a bra on. So it's really all in here. I hope you enjoy this chat because I know I should sure, sure, sure did. So you guys um, welcome Melanie to the podcast. Good morning, friend. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> well, it's eight thirty. I know. So I'm little. I'm trying I'm, not to I'm have my, wearing my, the shirt I slept in. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm like barely out of my pajamas, just enough so that if I got in a wreck on the way to take Carolina to school, I wouldn't be like shame the family. You know, that's that's the level <laughs> totally. of dress I am right now. That's it. Do you do what I do when I take the kids to school, which is to drive barefoot? Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. And then people will say, "Hey, there's Caroline Shankle's mom. She's in her sweatpants and barefoot." <laughs> But I, exactly. I will have a bra on. I do have standards because I do put a bra on. I'm, I'm a little bit scared to drive braless. Same. I do the same thing. Although I, I only did that because I learned the hard way. When Remy was in <laughs> like first grade, I drive her to school. And I mean, it was, it was as bad as you could think. Like yeah. if you can just think of the worst picture of me you've ever seen in your life. I mean, <laughs> the net, like yesterday's makeup glasses absolutely no bra, <laughs> no shoes. Um, the worst, worst, worst. And I cannot remember exactly what happened, but I had to walk her in uh, into school uh, with my bare feet, like uh, Britney Spears going into the bathroom. 
It was humiliating. I was so embarrassed. Uh Keeping it classy, Jen Hatmaker. Um, I know I had a friend who actually, and that's part of her, she was driving home. She's actually the artist who did my cover art for the book, but she has a little boy that was in kindergarten last year and she was driving home and she got hit by some violent stomach bug and like passed out and crashed into a tree in somebody's front yard that like had been in her pajamas with no bra, like, like one of the garbage men had to like stop and help her. Her husband was like, you seriously looked homeless in the back of the ambulance. Like they had to call an ambulance, like the whole, and I'm like, so So he's coming in with the comfort is what you're saying. He was affirming her, making her feel better about that already embarrassing situation. But like that whole scenario, like it scared me straight. Cause I'm like, that could happen to any of us at any given time. So like the random stomach bug that makes you pass out. It's so likely yes, like we exactly. should positively like gear our mornings around that possibility. Now you never know. Uh, you never know. That is an awful story. My gosh. Um, by the way, uh, we're going to get around to her again because her artwork is so amazing. It's so different oh and unique. I love her style. I know. We're going to have to talk about that. Let's She's circle back around that because we're going to talk about yeah, your book yeah. in a minute. But first, we're going to talk about fall because, you know, this is this is sort of for the love of fall and holiday series, which I, I, I can think of like two people who would make that a series on a podcast, me and you. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Everybody's like, for the love of fall, is that? I'm like, oh, that's a whole category. So That is yes. a whole thing. That's like the theme of my life about fall. Exactly. You and I, that's, you're the perfect person for this. Like this is the most wonderful time of the year. So, um, if people know us, they know that both of us are, I mean, maybe unreasonably devoted to our college football teams and all things football, um, Mm -hmm. but uh, football, watching football parties, football, food, everything, all the things going to the actual games. Um, so let's talk about football for just a minute because I have, I have some of my very best friends are also in football space. And so we'll literally sit around together as girls and talk about preseason picks. We'll talk about rankings. Uh It's just, Uh it's hilarious. You're the same way. Oh yeah. I'm totally the same way. Like, and we always laugh. So my best friend and I always laugh because there's when football season, like preseason football, and I'm on like, there's like Texag's website, which is all things Aggie football. Um, cause that's my team. Yep. Um, so is it true that you stayed in college an extra year just for one more year of sports? Is that um, a legend? Is that a, is that just lore? That is a real thing, Jen. That's a real thing. <laughs> like I, I mean, it was, there were a couple of reasons. Um, maybe my grades, maybe the fact that I had to get off scholastic probation to actually graduate. That could have also, Tricky. yeah, that could have also played a role. But um, no, it was back because I went to school in the 90s. Like, and that's when A&M, it was our glory years. So um, basically, I took four hours my last semester. And it was a lab in one other class. Um, So basically, I was one of those old students that like just showed up in the MSC and like ate chicken fingers with people because I had no, I didn't have class ever. You know, I'd go to my one lab a week and then get ready for football games. I still can't believe that my dad, I don't think he really totally knew what he was paying for. I want everybody to understand that the the full scale of your your Aggie loyalty. Now, the, half the people, half more than half yeah. the people listen to this podcast. They do not understand Texas football. No. They don't they don't understand how it runs deep. They don't. It's just so insane here. Like, how can we best describe what football is like in the state of Texas? 
You know, okay, so I have this great thing. I mean, I think, number one, it's kind of like a religion in the state of Texas for a lot of people. Um, but, uh, okay, I heard this thing. It was a Southwest pilot, and he was talking about um, that he loves flying over Texas on Friday nights in the fall because he said you could literally light your path by the Friday night lights, by the stadium lights. That is lights. so adorable. And I was like, that's it. That's in Texas. You can light our path by the lights of the football stadium. Um, you can. Yeah, it's like everybody's a fanatic. And it doesn't really matter if it's high school football or college football. Yeah. It's just, it's we're a football crazy state, you know. It's so true. Yeah. And it basically starts when our sons are like somewhere between like three and a half and four. Yeah. That's about the time yeah. where we feel like, well, it's almost too late, you know, to get them started. <laughs> get them started. So. them up. I mean, it's time. Right. It's time. Exactly. If they're going to have a chance okay, to be, so you know, Troy Aikman, Here's your, uh, your chance to demonstrate your loyalty. So I know that you've always mentioned how singing is your gift. Yeah. And so I wanted you to be able to display it. it so really can you sing all, can you sing all of the Aggie war hymn? Oh, I can. Do you know the Do whole you thing? you want me to sing all of the, the whole thing? I want Do you to you sing at least part of it. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll go with part of it. Um, which by the okay. way, was it Gavin that Brandon put on Instagram singing the eyes of Texas, oh. which was. Oh my gosh. It was Caleb when he was oh. a, a widow baby. Oh God. I only watched it 49 times. Yeah. I could not even handle it. Like I wanted to cry for you when I saw it. I was like, I've never, and I even commented, I was like, I've never liked that song, but I adore it in this moment. <laughs> that song has given me nightmares in my life, but at this moment, it's precious. Totally. It's precious. Um, okay. I will go. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the first little part. I cannot believe I'm about to sing on Let's this. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Um, this is big time. This is going to sound so normal to people who don't know anything about this. Exactly. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hullabaloo, connect, connect, hullabaloo, connect, connect. Goodbye to Texas University. So long to the orange and the white. Good luck to dear old Texas Aggies. They are the ones that show the real old fight. The eyes of Texas are upon you. That is the song they sing so well. Sounds like hell. So goodbye to Texas University. And then that's it. There you go. We're going to beat you. I'll take your room. So amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times? Okay, so my editor went with me to the A&M game, and she had never. Oh, Carolyn. Carolyn, precious Carolyn. I adore. And she had never been to a Texas football game. She had never been to um, an SEC football game. And, like, when we did our first, and you you know this because when we used to play y'all all all the time. Yeah. When we did our first, like, war hymn and we saw Varsity's horns off, she goes, "Um, how many more times are we going to do this tonight? And I was like, a lot. Like, just. Right. Hold on, a lot. Somewhere between like 60 yeah. and 90. Yes, yes, a lot. It's, 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 just, it's fully obnoxious. Yeah. Do you know, so I feel com- I feel compelled to, um, to, to sort of share this with you since you just so graciously sang on my podcast. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. You didn't yeah. see that one coming. I- um, so you know that Brandon and I actually went to, we went to Oklahoma Baptist University. So this is little tiny liberal arts Baptist school right outside of Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, now we've lived in Texas for almost 20 years. And so we, we didn't have a football team in college. So we just adopted our city, yeah. um, our adopted our school here. But our little um, school had a little chant and oh. the beginning of yours makes me think of it. And I'm going to sing it for oh, you so, so you can just know this is how the Baptists do okay. it. All right, so, so you've got big, you know, 60,000 kids school, Texas A&M. This is how a 3,000 <laughs> school Baptist college goes. We have a little thing, and it goes like this. I, I, I might not get this right. It's been a really, I probably haven't done this in 15 years. It goes, Carip, 
Carap, Caripla, Tipla, Tap. Oh, oh, Rinkto, Linkto, Hyopotamus, Hopula, Scipula, Copula, Gotamus, Chinktalak, Chinktali, Kawilla, Koala, Kavictory. Oh, oh, Hoogula, Hoogula, Chugula, Can, Ragula, Tagula, Melk, and Man. Let it go rip, let it go ruse. Tankula, Tankula, turning them loose. Zip, bang, OBU. Oh my gosh. I'm so. We have to learn that the first day of school. It's like y'all are speaking in tongues at like the Baptist University. That doesn't even, I mean, that is hilarious. It's oh just my gosh. nonsense. How it's just absolute nonsense. And I, I'm just saying we all have our things is what I'm trying to say to you. Um, but here's what I appreciate. Like, I bet you didn't remember to pack somebody's lunch today, but you remember every word of that. That is the way the brain works, which I think is fascinating. It's so true. It's so, um, my kids used to ask me to sing that for them when they were little because they just thought, <laughs> well, look, it's just proof that mom's a loony. I mean, she's, she's just saying loony words. Um, so, all right. Let's talk about, let's talk about football food. Let's, how do you party? How do you do football games? What's your deal? I, okay. So my, I, do you go, do you have season tickets? No, we don't have season tickets. I wish we did. Okay. I mean, you know how we are. We're in that same season of life. Well, y'all are in the same city. We're three hours away. So like, that's a good I, point. I try to get back for like two or three games a year if I can, but it's just too hard. And Caroline plays soccer. And so, you know, that's like a whole yeah. other thing. So, um, so someday I do want to have season tickets, but we don't right now. Um, so most of, like my ideal watching scenario is to go over to my best friend Gully's house. And so yep. depending on the time of day, um, we, there's nothing worse than being doomed to the 11 o'clock kickoff start. It's the worst. It's, it's the absolute worst because then you're like, do we do pigs in a blanket? Do we do breakfast tacos? What do we do? And it just doesn't feel as celebratory, <laughs> you know? It doesn't. Um, so, but I, I prefer like really even more than a two thirty kickoff. I prefer like a six or a seven o'clock because then I feel That's like you can favorite. get into the real. Then you could you really start the festivities. Well, in our family, if we can, we start it with um, college game day at nine thirty in the morning. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So mm -hmm. there's that's not even weird. Let's oh. just watch it all day. Um, we, do you tailgate too? Do you ever do that? Do you, is there like a faction of Aggie alum in your town? There really, I mean, I'm sure there are, but not that I know of. So we tailgate, but here's, here's where Gully and I are with this. We have decided like there was one game early on this. Oh, it was the UCLA game, which as you oh, yeah. know, um, A&M managed to lose after being up 41 to 10. So I was, Oh my gosh, that game. I can't, I was very calm and not frustrated right. at all. Right. by that. But that game, I was out of town because we were at a soccer tournament. And Gully called me afterwards, my best friend who is as fanatic about football as me. And she said, I forgot that I'm not supposed to watch Aggie football with people I don't know that well. She was like, I pretty oh, much yeah. shamed my family. She said, I was so worked <laughs> up. And she said, and somebody told me that like, it was okay because we were a young team. And I basically told them to shut up that they are not, that's not an excuse that there was no reason. Like the whole thing, she said, like, I don't think I can show my face around these people again. So our right. general rule is we're not really allowed to watch football with people who don't know us um, well enough to know that we just temporarily lose our minds. Um, oh my gosh. One of our first friends that we made in Texas when we moved here in 2000, um, was a Texas alum, huge football fan, like this really great guy, really measured, really awesome. fun to be around, just this normal sort of steady Eddie kind of guy. But when he watched football, he basically like lost his mind yes. and he couldn't help it. And his wife called it Texas Tourette's. Yeah. They were like, she was like, no, you can't. And she, 
unironically forbid him to ever watch in public. She's like, no, your Texas directs cannot be contained. And like, we have to live by these people. These are our neighbors, our fellow citizens. Like you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't take us out of the game mm-hmm. with your football watching shenanigans. No, it's too much. It's too much. And that's how I, that's really how I get. So we don't really, so we tend to watch just together. And then we base our food yes. options on like, we kind of try to have a theme. So sometimes it's like a chips and guacamole and then we'll do like tacos yes. and that kind of thing. And then sometimes we'll just go straight up like all the cheese dips we could possibly come up with, yes. you know? So what about... That's yeah, my favorite way yeah, to eat. What do y'all do? That's my... Yeah. When you kind of feel at the end of the night, like I'm not sure I really had a meal, but I'm so full. I feel I feel good about that scenario. Right. When all your fingers are swollen from the <laughs> sodium intake because you ate essentially like a bucket of chips. Yes. And some salty crackers and then a dip that had mayonnaise and cream cheese and cheddar cheese. That's- that's that's called winning at life. That that is called call your cardiologist on Monday, but you won tonight. The real winner is your heart. You know, some people don't know what we're talking about. They don't know that that's how we make, you know, nine out of ten dips. That's our starter yeah, pack. Yeah. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Yeah. I mean, that's just everything you just said sounds delicious, and we bake uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it can. It's 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 pretty gross. Yeah. Um, in the sense that. It's just one big sort of congealed pile of fat, yeah. but it's tastes it delicious. Tastes so good on a cracker. Um, let's talk about fall. Let's talk about fall fashion. You know, you're you know this because I've told you. You're one of my. You're a fashion go to for me. And on your on your blog that you've we'll talk about that in a second too. But you've had a Fashion Friday feature. Gosh, forever. How long have you been doing Fashion forever. Friday? Oh God, like ten yeah, years from the beginning. Like a long time. Yeah, yeah. long time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I love it. And I learned early on, I needed to not read your blog on Fridays because I just, I can't, you and I have a similar fashion ethos, like the boots, the skinny jeans, the Mm -hmm. long cardigan, the The scarf. I'm like, this is, we wear the same clothes. We like the same things, Mm -hmm. like the flowy free people. You introduced me to all that. And so So I have no resistance against your suggestions. None. I cannot go to your fashion Friday feature. I can't, I can't, I can't. I probably have ordered 30 things at least that you put on fashion Friday. What do you think? What's in this year? What's, what are you seeing? What do you like in fashion this, this fall? I'm going to be honest. Not much. I'm going to tell you not much. Do I like right now? Tell Um, me, tell me about your feelings on that. I know. I don't have a lot of feelings. Can you tell? (laughs) I'm worried that we're going back to a day of a shorter top. Um, maybe even something that you want to belt or tuck in, which I don't like at all. Um, yes. The cold shoulder, I just cannot. I, I just, I don't want it's my shoulder. It's got to be almost done. It's got to be almost done. I'm like, I just, I can't imagine we're going to hang with it because I don't feel like I know anybody who actually likes it. Like I know people <laughs> who, who are resigned that wear it, but I don't know anybody who's like, you know what I'm all in for? A cold shoulder. I love <laughs> my shoulders sticking out. It's awful. Um, so I hate that. Uh, um, I will okay. tell you because, uh, so I've had stuff this fall and like, I've gone out shopping and I've gone back to like, I just like what's in my closet. And so, but here's mm-hmm. the thing. I think you get to that point where you're like, this is how, you know, how like you always thought like your grandma or something like, oh, she still wears like whatever from the 1970s. Like I thought, oh that's yeah, you be see my, how it happens. You see how it happens. I'm like, that's yep. going to be my legacy. Is there going to be like, oh yeah, my mom, she just stuck with leggings and tunics and tall boots. And that's what she wore. <laughs> Yes. For the end. For I mean, the she, end. Just, she just did it for 30 years. Yeah. So she, 
she found a look and she can't quit it. And so that's what she's doing, you know, and maybe I'll come around because I also felt like, and now it's kind of come back around for a long time after college and see you and I are same age. So, um, the shirt that tied, like how you could tie a denim shirt at your waist or tie a plaid shirt. Yeah. Like it took me so long to let go of that. Like I yes. felt like I really grieved the loss of the tied shirt when it was gone. Cause it was such a great solution. It's um, so true. It's so good to not have, I hate a tuck in. That's my whole thing. I don't want to have to tuck anything uh-huh. in. And I know these fashion well, you know, bloggers what try I'm to sell is the half tuck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, That's the I thing. Like the sl- and they call it, okay, here you go. The fashion blogger. It's a sloppy tuck. And I'm like, don't oh, give me, don't try tuck. to, don't sell me on your sloppy tuck. I don't like it. I don't understand it that I've got to tuck in this first part and then I don't know how much to tuck in and I don't know how much to leave out. And I, then I need a belt or some, I just, I don't, and they're like, it's so much more flattering. And I'm like, if you're 30, but if right. you're 45, not so much. Like, I know. That's I need, where it gets weird. I need a loose tunic situation. Yeah. You know, I'm all the way here for the loose tunic. I mean, free people, I essentially think was a company created for yes. me. On my behalf. It is. At my behest. Yeah, it is. But like Sydney's kind of a little fashionista, isn't she? Like she put Well, that's what I was out. I was getting at our daughters. Because yeah. Sydney's a senior and she's all the way here for mm-hmm. fashion. And she likes it real like thrifty and quirky. But I'm telling you, it's like some, it's she is straight out of my so-called yes. life right now. I mean straight out yeah. of it. Like the little high-waisted mini skirts and like mock turtlenecks. Yes. I'm not even yeah. joking with it. Mock I turtlenecks. Know. I know. So yeah, she looks at, she gives me the side eye too with my, with my long mom cardigans, but I'm like, just let me live. You know, this is what I want. Yeah. You know what you don't want to see me in a high waisted mini skirt. I mean, like I can't, or the high, I'm like, I've done mom jeans and I can't go back to mom jeans. Like they didn't look good. I mean, cause don't you watch those old episodes of friends sometimes? And I'm like, I thought Rachel looked so good. And I'm like, and she's just in some straight up mom jeans. Like we didn't know, we didn't know. (laughs) And now that we know better, we need to do better. I mean, I don't think you can go back to that. So it's true. My daughter wears mom jeans, mom jeans exclusively. I mean, she weighs 120 pounds. Like she could wear anything (laughs) she wants. And she, every time she wears them, I'm just, I'm so, I'm confused. And cause you're right. It also comes with the crop shirts. Yeah. Like, uh, it shows you wouldn't think that you could show any skin on your belly because your jeans are yeah. so high. And yet there's yeah. a way they're finding a yeah. way to do it with the crop shirt that she gets from the thrift store. And I just don't understand no, any I of don't, it. I don't, I'm, I'm sad about it. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I have no idea, but she always looks at me like, mom, sometimes you just need to try. Oh. I'm like, well, that's, Okay. <laughs> Trying is very overrated. Right. I just, and I think like to me, and it's funny how it switches because I felt for so long, like I would try to help Caroline put together stuff. And I still do because I mean, I do like fashion. I just don't like the current stuff that much. But like yesterday I came out on the top and I was like, what do you think about that? And she's like, oh, I'd totally borrow that. And I'm like, what? It's like nice. the heavens open. You know, if she's like, oh, I would wear that. I'm like, that's the <laughs> highest compliment that my 14 year old would actually wear this shirt. So, um, but it's so true. And you know what's funny is we're grown women yeah. with careers. And yet I also still crave the approval of my 17-year-old daughter. Yes. Like I, I need some for some reason for her to say, that looks cute, mom. Or, you know, you haven't like totally lost yeah. it. You know, you're still got a little bit of game. I think everything now, and see, like Caroline would never wear this stuff, but all that florally, super ruffly, like the sleeves that are yeah. like super puffy and all that, all I can think of is like that Seinfeld, that's like a puffy pirate shirt. And I can't, it and is. I think it looks cute on other people. I can't do it. It's too precious for me. I can't, I can't look <laughs> that darling. I can't, that's not, 
It's not in my wheelhouse. You know, this is making me laugh so hard because, I mean, I dress like you exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's my dressiest. That's my highest level. Yes. Like jeans and boots and a long cardigan. That's as good as it gets for me. That's my uh -huh. nicest thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> I just need to have my hand held. Uh, I'm just no, no good. I'm just, I can't, I don't know how to be dressy. I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know what's appropriate. I'm confused by that. It's, it's a struggle. I got so confused shopping for some book launch clothes for Moxie that okay. I, I'm going to send you a text. I'm going to go inside. My, when we're done here, I'm going to go inside and take a picture of it in my closet and send it to you and you will howl. It is like, <laughs> a, like a, it looks like a dress out of the sixties kind of with psychedelic pink and orange yeah. swirls. And I bought high heel pink shoes. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. What yeah. happened in there? It's like, I, it's like I came out of like the trenches, like out of war and I had pink high heels. I, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what to, I don't even know how to describe what happened. Well, it just gets confusing. That's why. Who yes. thinks about how to be on a TV show? Like that's no. not a normal way to think about how to dress your body. No, no. Especially how these people do it all the time. And yeah. also what's also weird when you're on these, these shows is all these people, all these little hosts and the people that are on their shows are their miniature people. Yes. I cannot even handle the smallness of their bodies. I just keep looking at them. Like, how are you just walking around on those legs? Like, yeah. how can you even hold upright? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's, it's that nobody tells you that the whole entertainment world is a bunch of Polly pockets, you know, like they they're just teeny. They are. And you and I are tall. We come in like giants. Yeah. Yes. And I just feel like a giant person, like my big man paws, go, 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 like walking around the studio, like just this giant person. I already have this really big head. I mean, nothing makes me feel like a more enormous human being than a TV show. I just can't. I hate it. All right. Yeah, I know. Hey everyone, it's Jen. I'm going to interrupt the show real quick just to let you know that my ride or die friend Nicole Norderman and I are hitting the road again in 2018 on the Moxie Matters Tour. We cannot be more excited. The fall tour was just beyond so exciting and so wonderful. And we are thrilled to get to bring some spring dates to you in 2018. So absolutely grab your girlfriends, your daughters, your moms, your neighbors, and come be reminded that every part of your journey matters and leads to this bigger, more beautiful story. Hey, this is the perfect holiday gift. Send this to your person and say, hint, hint, this is what I want. You can get tickets at moxiematterstour.com. We cannot wait to see you. So again, visit moxymatterstour.com today to get your tickets. I'm going to talk about your book. Well, okay. let me go back and let's talk about your blog first, because a lot of my listeners are going to already know and love you. They've been following you for years, but like you were, would you say you were probably on the front edge of blogging? I mean, I guess I was. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to think that because I feel like I've never been on the front edge of anything in my entire life. I mean, I'm a girl who in college like declared that email, I was like, this really isn't going to take off as a legitimate form totally. of communication. Like these addresses are too long and I just don't think this is going to work. So the fact that I had like the foresight to start a blog in 2006, um, yeah. kind of blows my mind. Like, um, I don't really know how I knew to do that. Um, so, but I did, I started it. And I mean, I look back and you think, Caroline, my daughter wasn't even three yet and she's 14. And I'm like, how on yeah, earth, dang. you know, like, that's crazy. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but yeah, I started it all the way back then and just really on a whim. I mean, it was like my, 
I mean, like late one night, I went to like blogspot.com and was yeah. like, I'm going to start a blog. Like I'm going to start writing. I'm just going to write about some stuff yeah. I want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, no big grandiose ideas, right? You're just no. thinking I'm just going to have a little space. Yeah, that's it. I mean, at the time my parents like lived out of town. And so I was like, it's just a place like my friends can read it, keep up on life. I had read some blogs when I was off on maternity leave that I thought were really funny. And so I was like, I think I can do that. You know, like that's a good way to keep up with your memories. I'm never going to scrapbook, you know? Right. So um, if, why not? Um, so it's crazy to me. And, and I will say the blog is probably the thing other than like being a mom that I have done the most consistently in my entire adult life. That's amazing. Tell everybody how you named it. Um, a lot of us know the story, but a lot of people don't. Okay, so it's called Big Mama. Um, it started because, like I said, Caroline wasn't quite three. And so at the time, I was trying to potty train her um, because she had to be potty. This was in July 2006. So I had a deadline. She had to be potty trained before she started school on August 15th or she could not start in the three-year-old class. So I was, it was like desperate times. Like I've got to be able to send her to preschool. Totally. Um, and so, because I was working full time. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep at the time too. Oh, yeah, so like that's right. her, not, her not going to school was not an option. Like she uh -huh. had to be potty trained. Um, and then we were also, I was trying to get rid of her pacifier because I'd already mm -hmm. been lying to the pediatrician. Oh yeah, she's sure. totally off the pacifier. Same. Yeah, we're done. Um, she's three. She still has the pacifier in her mouth. Right. Um, and so I kept telling her all the time, I was like, you're such a big girl. You're a big girl now. You're almost three. You're a big girl. Mm -hmm. And so she decided big was like a great thing to be. And so she started calling me big mama. It's and so... Much. Yeah. So she would be like, big mama, it's time to go to the store. Come on, big mama. And I was like, well, that's precious. And so I named the blog that I always say now, had I known it was going to be a thing, I don't think yeah. I would have called it big mama, but I mean, that branded you for the next decade. So yes. Yeah. And like now when you walk in places and people are like, oh, are you big mama? I'm like, unfortunately, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm real sad to say that, yes, I am. I wish I wasn't. I wish I had named it something else, but this is what I am. So. I love it. How long was it till the blog started kind of catching fire? I, you know, it's funny to think back. I mean, I remember there was a day early on, probably like that fall, that I wrote something about my family or something. And Sophie, who writes at Boo Mama, Sophie Hudson, yeah. um, she linked to me. She had been blogging for about six months longer than me. She linked to me. And I remember looking at my stats that day and I was like, oh my gosh, a hundred people came to my blog today. Like I was freaked mm. out. I was like a hundred people came today. Like right. I couldn't even believe it. Um, and then <laughs> it kind of seems like it just grew from there. And it was probably like 2008 when I looked up and was like, oh, this has like become yeah. a thing, you know, like it was so weird. Um, and then it was, um, somebody from Proverbs 31, um, contacted me and was like, um, Lisa Turkhurst would like for you to come to her conference and teach a class on blogging, which how yeah. funny is that now to teach a class on blogging? But I was like, totally. Oh, like it was such a revelation to me because I had never, I'd never had set out with like goals. I mean, I'm not really a person to set goals or have like <laughs> dreams or ambition. And so, <laughs> for that to happen was like, what, how did this just come about? You know, that that's, um, I, I love that because it kind of grew organically, which to me yeah. means you got to just be who you were that whole time. You know, you, it, it grew with you and, um, around like your honest self and how you were writing and what you were sharing. And so to me, you're one of those people that built one of the most like sincere and like true to you spaces there is like later when we were all coming to blogging late in the game at that point it blogging was considered 
oh, you know, all these gross words like uh, platform builder, yeah. you know, and yeah. here's how you're going to get your thing out, your message out, your whatever. And so people started approaching blogging as a marketing tool, as a brand builder. Um, yeah. And so it, it had that, that hint of disingenuine writing, but yours was fully you from day one, all the way, Melanie. And I think that's why people, um, loved it so much and still love it. So, um, your blog is going amazing, obviously. And then you make the leap to writing books, which we're all so, so, so glad that you did. Isn't it funny that we're writers? You are, that's not what either one of us trained to do. And it's just how it worked out. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, I never could have, I mean, I really thought about that this week because I was back at A&M and I thought my college self could not have even envisioned this. Like, because you can't say, I always say like, you can't say I want to grow up to be a writer because that's like, I mean, people hear like, basically I'm going to like live in my parents' basement and wear sweatpants all the time, which the truth is you wear sweatpants all the time. You live in your own basement (laughs) if you have one. I can remember thinking it would be cool to be a writer, but I mean, how do you do that? Like, how does that even happen? That's not a real thing. It's not a real job. No, exactly. That's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's so, I mean, you and both of us wrote on this side for funsies. I mean, it was just yeah. like, these are these little things that we do. So your first book is Sparkly Green Earrings, yeah. um, which was super delightful. Here's a quote from Sparkly Green Earrings that you wrote about. Um, and this is, uh, that book was all about listener. That was all about motherhood. Um, there is yeah. really no better indicator you're a mother than acquiring the ability to catch throw up in a plastic bag, disinfect your hands, and immediately ask your friend to pass the beef jerky as you put on another Taylor Swift song and act as if nothing has happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. Motherhood is so glamorous. <laughs> it's so glamorous. It's so fancy. I mean, you know, it's just kind of, and that was, I mean, for years, my best friend Gully and I, and we still do, we take our kids on these road trips every yeah. summer, and like her youngest gets car sick every single time. I mean, yeah. and you would think that we would learn some lessons there, but you know what the lesson is? We've learned pack plastic bags and some wipes and, you know, pass the beef jerky. That's what you do. Keep on driving. Did you, um, what, as a writer, did you like the book writing process as opposed to the blog writing world? What was your, what was your feeling when you like transitioned over to books? It was, you know, I think transitioning was really hard. I mean, yeah. like, cause like for you, you had done, you did books first. Yeah, you know? I did all the same. And so, but it was really hard to go from like a, a, a thousand word blog post, which is what mine usually average because I'm a little wordy. Um, mm-hmm. Why well, say something in 500 words when you can say it in a thousand words? But it's my like, life motto. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's use a lot of words. Um, but to, to tell a story, and with the blog, I always come from the angle of everybody knows who the players are. I don't have to introduce anybody. Yeah. If you've been reading the blog, Good it's point. like my best friend, Gully, Mimi and Bops are my parents, you know, whatever. Yeah. But to try to make that into a cohesive book type situation was so hard. Like, it, it took a whole other part of my brain, and it was, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be when it was all said and done. I um, know. To, you know, it's, it's hard, right. To like figure out how to seamlessly put it together in a way that feels like coherent for the reader. But you did. And all your books have, uh, they're, they're, they're all bestsellers, every one of them. And I feel like you found your niche. You and I have a similar approach to book writing, at least my last couple and your, all of yours in that we sort of uh, do an essay format, which I love. Um, that's my favorite way to read 
So therefore it's my favorite way to write too, when we can sort of take topics individually and write an essay about it. But, um, still what you're saying is so true because that's the way I like to write because I have a lot of different things I want to talk about. Yeah. But my publishers are always like, but what's the theme? And I'm like, you know, I feel like the theme is like just being a, being a human, you know, just a human woman in today's world. And they're like, no, it's not, we need to dial it in a little tighter. I'm like, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know because I like to talk about, um, uh, college football in one essay and then in the next one, God's sovereignty. So like, I don't know what the theme there is. You guys, (laughs) I struggle. Um, why do we need to talk about church of the small things? So church of the small things just came out just a, just a minute ago. And I love it. I'm serious. I love it. It is so good. And I feel like right now you are hitting your stride with your voice and with your messaging and with just your gift of writing. I think Church of the Small Things is your best. Um, So it's called Church of the Small Things, The Million Little Pieces That Make Up a Life. And I basically want to marry this idea. Like I do. (laughs) I... It's so wonderful. It's this, it's sort of this, well, you know what? You tell it, it's your book. Tell everybody like what the (laughs) sort of theme, what's the theme of, of church, the small things. Um, because I I think it's so right and it's so good for right now. Oh, thanks. Um, I, you know, it was funny because it's like you said, like when I was writing, when I was starting it out, I was like, I don't know what this next book's going to be. You know, I've written on motherhood. I've written on marriage. I've written on friendship. I was like, done. Those are the three things in my life. The end, you know? Um, so I was like, what's it going to be? And I knew I wanted to write. So the first thing I wrote was, I think it ended up being chapter two about my grandparents and about going to the lake house and just those summers. And it just dawned on me as I wrote that chapter, which I didn't know what it was going to be. It was just an essay that I was like, you know what? That's what I remember. It's the small things like as Mm -hmm. we're parenting and we're raising our kids and we feel all this pressure. And at that time I was feeling all that pressure because, you know, in this writing speaking thing that we do, it's so easy to start watching what everybody else is doing, you know, and, um, and everybody else. And I, and I can get in that place of feeling like everybody's doing bigger things than me. And, um, and I have an only child. I'm like, okay, so I'm theme child. I'm like poster child for church of the small things. I have one child, you know, and I felt like I spent years like, God, am I supposed to adopt? What am I supposed mm-hmm. to do? I should, am I supposed to be on a foreign mission field? Like, what right. do you have for me? You know, like it surely it's got to be something. And it was like, he kept saying to me like, no, you dial in right where you are. Like, this is where I have you. Like, this yes. is where I placed you, you know, find your peace and contentment here and walk your road right here. And that all tied into like these stories that I tell about my grandparents, um, just how they were so faithful. Like they mm-hmm. were not worried about living this Instagram life. They didn't know about platforms. They didn't know about all that. They were just doing what they were supposed to do right where they are in the impact that they left. Like when I look and my cousins and I get together that we're like their faithfulness, like carved out a whole generation of, of people who are good people and who know how to love their families and love their friends because we learned it from them. And I'm like, that's what life's all about. It really is. I, it's such a relief to read your, it's hilarious and it's tender, just your sort of guidance through this idea that, um, a good life doesn't necessarily mean big, splashy, huge, famous. Um, that's just so rare. Actually, it's, it's all these beautiful little moments that make up a day that end up making up a life. And it is, I mean, you just nail it. The whole thing feels so tender. You just feel like really loving toward your people and, 
toward you, the gifts that you have and all the little blessings in your life. So you've got these great sections in the book called things, I'd, things I wish I'd known, um, yes. devoted to everything from motherhood to high school. Um, can you tell everybody a little bit about how you came up with these and, um, why you put them in there? Maybe talk a little bit about the list about high school. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I- I was sitting, you know, it's funny how like it comes together and you're sitting there and you know how you're kind of like, well, what, what else could I add to this? You know, well, and some of it, let's be honest. Some of it is like, um, how can I make my word count on this book? Um, (laughs) let's be honest. Just tell the truth. Sometimes you're like, yeah. Um, but I started thinking about like, cause it's so much of it is about my childhood and like looking back and like the things that are important. And so I thought there's so many things that I wish I would have known about motherhood. And it's like that you stress. And usually it's like these big things that I stressed over, you know, like I always say, like with motherhood, like the first two weeks of Caroline's life, we, she had this rattle and I would work so hard to get her to hold this rattle in her hand. Yeah. Like that was setting her up for the Olympics, you know, like <laughs> if only like, why can't my two week old hold this rattle? You know, and you look, that's back, right. That was What's so wrong dumb. with her. Yeah. That was so dumb. Like she would guess what she was going to learn how to do. Hold a rattle. Like I didn't need to coach her <laughs> through that situation. <laughs> so, um, so I came through with high school and, you know, high school was such a, I mean, we're high school in the eighties. So I feel like there were a lot of lessons yeah. that we, and, and high school girls, you know, this cause you have one high school girls don't look like they're so much more savvy than we were when we were in high school. Oh right. Gosh. Like they, have such yes. a sense of themselves. Um, they all look like these gorgeous, like the high school girls now, like I'm like, they look better than I looked at 30, you know, like they know about totally. things like tweezers. Um, they know about getting they manicures, do. you know, they know about getting like, get your lip waxed. If you have a mustache, it's like true. those are just some basic things that I feel like I didn't know in high school. Um, but like in the eighties, like one of my things is like that, like nautical themed attire is probably best for like toddlers or if you're an actual sailor, like you don't really need to wear a (laughs) sailor collar. Um, just because Leslie Lux came out with it in a dress doesn't mean that you need to wear it, you know, um, um, that maybe don't tuck your jeans into your socks. Um, Mm. Because that just makes you look like an ice cream cone. You know, it just creates this whole line. And especially when your hair is like, you've used two sets of hot rollers to roll your already permed hair, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah. Like outside, if your hair is a bigger circumference than like your shoulder width, then you may need to (laughs) reevaluate. You may need to rethink that. These young girls don't even know about hot rollers. Like they don't even, Mm -hmm. they've never laid eyes on a, on a, on a package of Clairol hot rollers. No. They don't even know about it. Uh-uh. And that was like my go-to. I mean, that was like first thing in the morning, all high school. I mean, you walked in the bathroom and plugged those hot rollers in before you did anything else. You got to get those babies heating up. If you're going to be your best self that um, day, you got to get those hot rollers going. Oh man. And, and you'd burn all your like uh, fingertips off. You had yeah. like no fingerprints yes. because of the hot rollers, but that was just the price we paid. Um, yeah. I, I was just talking about something from the eighties on Facebook the other day. And one of my friends from seventh grade, my friend, Julie, she, um, pipes in, um, and says, Jen, I remember in seventh grade when for Christmas, your parents bought you an entire case, like, uh, 48 cans <laughs> of Aquanet. That was one of my presents. And it was so oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, my parents Best love me, ever. you know, yes, they absolutely. love me. This is, this mm-hmm. is what people do for people they love. Yeah. You know what? They um, didn't love the ozone, but they loved you. They, <laughs> they were not concerned about the environment, but they, they wanted I, know, I think to I've have... opened up an entire like ozone hole above the state of Texas. There's just no doubt about it, but, uh-uh. um, that is, 
nothing is better to me than laughing. Like that's my favorite reach of all time. So I love that you make us laugh because life is really hard and weird right now. Everything is sad and serious and sober. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is like a healthy practice to find places in our books, in our shows, in our relationships where we can laugh and be absurd and be silly. And you're one of the funniest people I know, but you know, you're also, you also have some vulnerable spots in your book too. You, um, you wrote about some real things, some hard things. Specifically, you have a really, really, really sweet um, letter to your dad um, yeah. that you said, I might not say that, you know, might not say this out mm-hmm. loud. We're going to put it on paper. Can you talk about that a little bit? Did he read it? Yeah, he did read it. Yeah. So he read the book and he read it. And I laughed because in our typical, like my dad and I are super close. Like we always yeah. have been. And you and I have talked about this. Like we have dads that probably overvalued us, which gave us yep. a probably overly healthy sense of self-esteem Clearly. at times. Um, but he read it, but I laughed because he emailed me and said, <laughs> I love that chapter. We just, there are things that we just can't say because we're, I get it. We always joke and we're always lighthearted and we always have, and we know we adore each other, but it's just this, it's like, it's too tender. Neither one of us can actually like say it. So I felt like we did this, like we passed a note, you know, like I sent the chapter to him and he emailed me back and was like, I was over the moon. That just meant so much to me. But I mean, I just feel like he was, he's always been such a constant in my life. I just, adore him to no end. And so to get to write that chapter, and he really is such an example to me of how faithful he was um, just time and time again in my life when it would have been easier. I always say my parents were divorced and I didn't know that sometimes parents get divorced and dads go away or start a new family Mm -hmm. or they leave. Um, And so when I look back and go that he still called me, even when I lived two hours away, that there wasn't a night of my Mm -hmm. life. I mean, I really think I was married before my dad didn't call me every night of my life to like say goodnight and to check in. (laughs) So sweet. You know, just, um, he's just so precious and I just adore him to no end. So I was, um, that chapter meant so much to me. And it was one of those that you can appreciate. Like I bawled the entire time I was writing. Oh yeah. Like could not stop, like cried even to this day. Like totally. I read it. I mean, like when I had to read it for the audiobook, I was like, I don't think I can make Same. it through this chapter. Yeah. It's yeah. too much. Too I much. wrote an essay in Moxie called Dear Parents. Yes. And it was very, very similar. Yes. And I boohooed through the end of it on the audio recording. I yes. just couldn't even get through it. I just, the audio, my audio engineer was looking at me like yeah. shrugging, like, should I stop <laughs> tape? And I'm just, just roll it. Just, I'll never get through this. Never. No. We can try 29 times in a row and I'm gonna cry every time. So yeah, not even a million times. But isn't it true though that like the older you get and you know as a parent what it looks like that it makes you look at your parents yeah. and go, wow, like I you did it so right. And just that none of us have a clue what we're doing, but they did yeah. I mean, he just he did an amazing job. He's just an amazing guy. So That's nice. I know. That's so I sweet. love it. I know. Um so let's do this. Let's, let's wrap this up here. Um, we're going to do kind of a, like a down and dirty rapid fire question here at the end. Okay. Um, so here's the first one. This was, we, I'm tailoring this for this series. <laughs> What's your like funniest or craziest or wildest or whatever um, fall football memory? When I was a student at A&M, it was the year we had made it. A&M had made it to the Cotton Bowl. We were playing Florida State. Um, in the Cotton Bowl. So this was a big game. And so a bunch of my friends and I, we all went to Dallas to spend New Year's Eve because the game's always New Year's Day. Um, I will say I was not living my best Christian life at that point in my (laughs) 
in my college career. And so we went out that night and I can't, went out to Deep Ellum and we stayed out till like oh, yeah. two in the morning, um, just partied, had the best time. Um, and then yeah. we got home and we were staying at the hotel where the whole football team is, and I'm going to make this, I really hate to say this, but um, as it turns out, some of them were staying on our floor and we basically woke up the entire Aggie football team when we got home that night. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to say they didn't really play their best game the next day. And if we oh, sat there, no. but my favorite memory of that whole thing is that we all pulled into that game. We were so tired. We were, we had all had too much to drink the night before. Yes. We were so hungover. We were down to, we were like typical college students where we had blown all our money the night before. And so we had enough <laughs> money between like my six friends that we were there to buy one hot dog. And we were starving. <laughs> we bought one hot dog and we passed that sucker down and all took a bite <laughs> of that one hot dog. And so we watched the Aggies. And I think the final score was like eight to two. Like we scored a safety. It was the most, it was, <laughs> it was freezing cold. We couldn't afford anything. We ate that hot dog. I mean, like, and one of our friends, one of our guy friends was with us. And he was like, who has a scissor tooth? I'll never forget that. Cause the hot dog was like all jagged. Like as we passed it down. <laughs> shared one hot dog between six people you have not had a good college experience because yeah, you were dead like, to your you've... last two dollars because you're out of town and that you didn't have enough sense to maybe save money for gas money home you know like what on earth oh that's amazing yeah. um so we love football in the fall here's another question though do you have any other like either fall traditions or fall activities that you and your family love you know what I love? One of the things that we do in the fall that I love, and you'll appreciate this because it's a Texas Halloween, but I, we love Halloween at our house. Like, oh, I, I mean, like full out. And like, as Caroline's gotten older, like for her to make the yard like creepy is like her favorite thing. Like, uh, oh, yeah. I knew that she was like officially like our DNA when like we had a spider web on the front porch and she was like, hold on a second. And she like went and got this Madam Alexander doll her grandmother had given her like as a baby and like <laughs> wrapped it in the spider web and made it like a spider was like eating the baby. I was like, well, that's, that's purely it. horrific. Um, but we live on a corner house in a neighborhood where we get so many trick or treaters. So I feel like one of my favorite things is like I make a big pot of chili and we sit out on the front yep. steps and eat our chili and we have chairs and neighbors come by. And I just, I love Halloween night. I think it's so fun to watch like all the kids and all the stuff. And I mean, listen, a lot of times it's like 85 degrees and we're sitting out there eating our chili, but we still totally. do it. We still pretend like it's cold. Um, but I just, it's so fun to me. Like I just adore that. Oh, I didn't know you did that. We literally do the exact I same thing that. and we've done it for 15 years and it's so much fun. Yeah. We do a big um, inflatable in our front yard oh, too. And um, just, it's, I love, I love Halloween yeah. too. And all my kids are big now mm -hmm. yeah. and I don't even care. It's not even going to slow down my enthusiasm at no. all. We're still doing the whole deal. Absolutely. Um, I love seeing all the little, like it's like getting all the littles to come up to your doorstep, you know, and they've got their little princess yeah. costumes and their Buzz Lightyear and all their little stuff. And I just adore it. So Okay. That's a good yep. one. All right. Last question. Okay. Um, this is Barbara Brown Taylor's question that I love and it could be anything. It could be real. It could be funny. It could be big. It could be small. Okay. What is saving your life right now? Oh my gosh. Um, you know what? Downtime. I feel like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's, creating some margin in my life right now is saving my life right now. I mean, that really is like, I've done this and I think you, you do it too is, 
Um, our weekends are so busy. I feel like that's what nobody, and really our weekdays are so busy, our weeknights in particular, because you're just shuttling people around everywhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, you tell your kids good night, like they tell you good night now, like good night. And you're like, yeah, I'm going exactly. to bed. Like, good luck with your homework. God be with you. I'm going to bed. Totally. Um, but I really have designated for the most part, like Mondays are my new Saturday. Like, and Good. It's just the best because it's just, you need that time. And so I let myself watch Netflix. I let myself yep. read a book. Um, I let myself go shop or do whatever it is I want to do on Mondays. And I don't feel that pressure. And I feel like that's saving my life in this busy season of life. Because if I don't have that time, like I'm such an introvert, if I don't have that time to like regroup, then I'm just a horrible person to be around. Okay. So tell everybody like where they can find you, what you're working on, where do they find your schedule, all of that. Okay. Um, you can always find me at my blog. It's either the big or you can go to melanieshankel.com. Um, the books are everywhere. Books are sold. So you can get them at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, whatever your favorite little bookstore is, they should be there. Um, so, um, right now I'm working on, well, I have a devotional for grown women, mm. um, that comes out in March. Um, and it's called everyday holy. Um, and it's going to come out, I think the end of March. And then I'm actually working on a devotional book for tween girls right now. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. We'll have links to all of that uh, awesome. on, on the transcript, you guys over on my website too. If you missed it, if you're driving, if you didn't get a chance to grab it. Uh, all right, sister. Hey, thanks right. for being on today. Well, thanks for having me. It was so much fun. I appreciate it. I hope y'all have a good rest of the fall. All right. Talk to you later. Bye everybody. All right. <laughs> that was a fun hour. Um, I think I could talk to Melanie on the phone for days upon end, and all we would do is laugh and cackle. I hope you um, enjoyed that. She's so great. Everything that we mentioned, all her links, her books, her websites, everything, I'll have it on the um, transcript over on my blog, jenhatmaker.com, um, just in case you didn't have a chance to write it down or you didn't remember the, what the titles were. Um, Melanie is just, she's just fun. And... She just makes you love your people better and love your place in life better and love God better. And she's one of my favorite people, tip top favorite people. Hey, thanks for joining in every week. You guys, this series is really fun. We've got some great guests for you. Um, really, really great guests. Um, in this whole series, we're kind of tackling all sorts of ideas about fall and the holidays. And so, um, can't wait to be back with you next week. So thanks as always for, for listening in. Thank you for those of you who have subscribed, who have left reviews and ratings. That's like great. That's great for podcasts. And so I appreciate everybody who's taken the time to do that. And we read all of them, of course. So, um, we're really listening to you and paying attention on how to get better and how to serve you better and what you're interested in. So, um, I appreciate you um, sticking with us week after week. I'm having the most fun ever with you. So you guys have a fabulous week and I can't wait to join you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the For the Love podcast. Tune in next week when we sit down again with Jen and friends to chat about all the things we love. love you, our listeners, so we want to be sure you subscribe to For the Love with Jen Hatmaker via iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss a thing. And if you have a minute, please leave us a review. To become a part of Jen's online community, visit jenhatmaker.com and sign up for her newsletter. It's full of all the things you love, including free stuff. We love free stuff. Thanks for listening and see you next time on For the Love with Jen Hatmaker.